welcome back, Literary Slummers, to a Morph Monday episode of Shelf Aware. And turns out whales are gods and the Animorphs are responsible for the Holocaust. I'm Em. Oh my god, and I'm Anna, and that was like not really a lie. <laughs> this book went dark. Um, we are reading this week on Morph Monday the uh Megamorphs book number three, main Animorph series number 29 and a half, Elfangor's Secret, mm. which was as all the, all the Megamorph books seem to be about time travel in some way, shape, or form. Or was maybe it was just Megamorphs? this in the... No, no, no. Yeah. It wasn't. No, it was just this so, last year. I'm confusing the first Megamorphs books with that shitty jungle mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Jake mm-hmm. book. Jake and Yeah, the no. We've, the first Megamorphs was the one with the weird cloud monster thing and the pool party. Oh, my God. Yes. And pool Rachel party. loses her memory. That was fun. Yes. Now, in this one, we get time traveling, the horrors of war, um... PTSD that probably won't ever be mentioned, but they mm. got it. And cock blocking. I think this was my favorite of the Megamorphs we've read Me so far. Me too. By far. This one was excellent. Yes, because I think we know the Megamorphs books aren't going to have anything to do with the actual plot or move it along in any way whatsoever. So this being very like all about morals and feelings was like okay this is appropriate for a megamorphs book like <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that happened in this book too mm-hmm. like it the writing the summary for this was very difficult i just yeah. there were so many things i had to leave out but a lot of i don't know just reflections on the horror of war and mm-hmm. acts being like humans fucking suck <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, we know, Axe. Yeah, welcome to the party, Axe. (laughs) Glad you finally caught on. (laughs) I mean, I think this might get into kind of Axe's character in the series as a whole and possibly a little bit of what might be going on next uh, Morph Monday, but we haven't really had like a real come-to-Jesus moment for Axe in terms of realizing that his own species is complicated and... Not the straightforward good guys that he thinks they are. Um, So I I feel like this might have been laying the groundwork a little bit for that down the line. um, I hope so. In terms of characterization of acts. Yeah, he really needs to be, he needs that introspective book that a lot of the other Amorphs have had at this point. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) Tobias in book three where he wants to commit hawk suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel... In the David trilogy, Cassie mm-hmm. with her Every time caterpillars. She does yeah. anything. <laughs> God. It's exhausting existing in Cassie's mind. <laughs> I will say that was also kind of a thing I did dislike about this book. And I think we've had this complaint with the Megamorphs before. And just in general, like mm-hmm. the different points of view. They were a little bit blending together for me. There I were multiple agree. times when I had to check to see whose viewpoint we were in because I was like, it doesn't matter. Aside from Axe, who is having this sort of moral crisis. Everybody is mm-hmm. having moral crises, but they're all kind of the same moral crisis. So yes. it's like, well. Yes. Yeah, I, I, did, I t- was like, um, I would be reading along and, and then I would see Tobias said, and I'd be like, oh, I thought I was in Tobias's yes. point of view. I guess yes. I'm not. And then I had to flip back and be like, oh, it's Jake's. Okay. 
Yeah, they were a little bit same samey. And also I feel like is is KA Applegate the one that writes the Megamorphs all the Megamorphs ones? Yes. At least I think so. Let me double check that while we continue to talk. Yes. I kind of missed having the variety of the writing styles because that mm. tends to give each character a specific voice. Yeah. And it might not be the same specific voice between books, but, but I it's mean, a different one. A different voice. <laughs> oh, my computer's being slow. I'm pretty sure she wrote it. So we'll just assume she wrote the Megamorphs and yeah, deal yeah, with yeah. that later. That's easy. If not, we will more than likely not issue a correction. Most likely. <laughs> anyway, a mystery for the ages. Indeed. So I guess let's get into it. I don't have much more to say up at the top unless you do. Uh, no, I think there's so much to talk about with this book. And we've said that before and then ended up not actually having a lot to talk about. But it feels like there's a lot to talk about with this one. Yeah, So let's yeah. go ahead and get into it. Yeah, the, the Megamorphs books have, like, about 50 more pages than the other mm-hmm. books usually. Um, so there's a little bit more plot-wise and just a lot substance-wise with this one. So, um, <laughs> the books the book is called Elfangor's Secret. And it starts off by telling us the secret and then never... <laughs> Mentioning Elfangor again. They're like, fuck off, man. Yeah, this was a bit of a... Although I did like this book overall, it was a bit of a letdown. It was, because I was clickbaity, like, was, was it be, not? Yes, yes, yes. It was going to be spicy Elfangor stuff. And it was like, yes. nah. <laughs> Actually, no. Uh, here's the secret of Elfangor. Is remember how in Andalite Chronicles, Elfangor uses the time matrix to go back in time after being stuck as a human for years and having a baby named Tobias and a wife and everything. He goes back in time to become an Andalite again. Well, he hid that time matrix in a hole in the ground in what he thought was the middle of nowhere. Turns out, many years later, a construction site is being is there where it is now turn turns out it was san francisco was yeah where put it yeah and also it's where the bandalites first gained the ability to morph which means it's the place that elfangor died lol which also like it was annoying that we didn't even really get like what his plan was with that because i guess now we are to assume that he was coming back to get the time matrix yeah go back in time make sure this to three. change something but yeah. like why didn't you just do that originally with the, at any point before you were being chased by, like, Yerks? Extremely good question. And then also, I guess, like, maybe maybe the Yerks were just, like, going over that area with the fine-tooth comb because that is where Elfangor's ship was. but mm. Or he had, like, started digging it up and it was just there. <laughs> I don't know how, how this or for. Oh, spoilers, guys. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think if there would have been a reason for him specifically to be looking for it, and I can't mm-hmm. think of one. Like, they didn't even know that he had the time matrix, right? So, like, yeah, why would like it's a be... it's like a fairy tale to most people, right? So it seems like several leaps were made to mm-hmm. get to this, but it's fine. It's a Megamorphs book. Yeah, Who cares? it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the book is pretty rude about it, though. They're like, Elfangor died right next to the thing he could have used to not die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Taste the irony. <laughs> it's delicious. Fast forward to quote unquote current day. Um, we are in some weird alternate reality where slavery still exists and we're at war with Brazil and we put poor people in jail for the crime of being poor. And Rachel has been replaced by some chick named Melissa that Tobias is in love with. Are we to assume, I believe, 
Melissa was the name of Chapman's daughter. That's was what it I not? was thinking too. So like, is must it have supposed to be Melissa Chapman? I guess so, because she was friends with Rachel, so it would mm-hmm. like you. I guess could assume there was some connection there between her and Jake. Maybe yeah. she's also on the gymnastics team, so maybe they were just checking a box. Like we need someone who's good at bending their body, just like in Ocean's <laughs> Eleven, you know. So Rachel's not there. Um, and the Drode shows up, our favorite character in the entire series. The best. <laughs> and he corrects the time stream for just the Bandalites, um, like basically pulling them out of the current existence and making them as we know them in the normal Animorphs series. And Rachel shows back up. And he's like, hey, guys, just wanted to let you know that some asshole that uh, – <laughs> some asshole Yerk called Visser 4 – is in the body of a failed human actor and he has found the time matrix and he's going back in time to alter history so that humans are easier to take over. So I guess basically the more oppression there is in society, the easier it is for the Yerks to win because like the information is just not out there that stuff is happening. I don't know. You're like, basically you're only allowed to watch one TV channel. So if people started acting weird, you wouldn't notice. Yeah. And I think also like, there was something about like because everything is so regimented and like mm-hmm. structured in such a way that it makes the, it easier for them to like yeah. just take over the structure. Got rid you know? of that pesky free will. <laughs> just made me think of the chimpanzee book. Project obedience is working. <laughs> All we had to do was go back in time and cancel the Holocaust. <laughs> so, God, I really, I truly. This book went I places. like this book, but we're going to have to grapple with what this book does. A hundred percent. So the Drode enlists the Bandalites' help to fix the situation, saying, like, the Kryak and the Elmist can't allow some random uh, ne'er-do-well to mess around with the time matrix. But in order to allow the Bandalites to fix it, the Kryak has agreed – or not the Kryak. His name is just Kryak. Kryak has agreed – um, that he will give the Bandalites the power to slip through time after the t- time matrix, but he will de- he demands one of their lives in sacrifice. Jake is immediately like, done, let's do it. What's one life in exchange for millions? I have been waiting for this moment from book one. This is my <laughs> it's moment. my time to shine <laughs> as a martyr. And Cassie and Marco are the only two that clue in on the fact that it will probably be Jake's life on the line since Crack is, like, the most pissed off at Jake. Um, and they promise each other. They're like, we will not let that asshole get him. Okay, and I know that the end of the – and this is getting way, way ahead, but spoiler alert, Jake doesn't die for Guys, real. Guys, he's in the real. next book. He's in the next <laughs> book. So Jake will be okay at the end if you were really worried about it. Yeah. But – how good of a setup is this for some Marco Cassie fix it fix, right? So like, good. like they both promise each other wouldn't let Jake die, and then Jake dies, and then they like end up falling in love over the following years, but they feel really guilty about it because mm-hmm. of Jake. Oh, and then he tasty, does tasty. come back through some other time travel shenanigans, but they're already kind of in love. Oh. But he comes back a little bit different. Uh, yes, he's a little <laughs> bit more evil because that yes. will give us the excuse for it to be okay that Cassie ends up with Marco. Mm-hmm. 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 Tasty, tasty. <laughs> uh, come here, Ron the Death Eater gets those leather pants on, Draco. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the Drode basically, he makes it so that they automatically follow 
wherever the time matrix jumps through time. And every time they jump, they all arrive at the same time, but they're a little bit scattered around location-wise. And they're probably like a few seconds or minutes behind each other. It's not immediate. So after agreeing to help, they are immediately transported back in time to the Battle of Agincourt. Agincourt. Agincourt? 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 I don't know. Mm. It's, I've it's only the seen one it the Shakespeare play, guys. <laughs> yeah. Which one is Henry V? Is that Friends, Romans, Countrymen, Lend Me Your Ears? Could be. I don't know. <laughs> A lot of hygiene. I don't know the historicals. I know, I know the tragedies and the comedies decently enough, mm-hmm. but historicals I never fucked with. A kingdom for a stage, princes to act, and monarchs to behold. I think Maybe. that's Henry V. Entirely likely. Well, Shakespeare's dead. He can't tell you any different. Yeah, and we're probably not going to look it up. And if we were, we probably wouldn't correct ourselves. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, a lot of hijinks occur during these flashbacks. Too many to mention. Basically, a little bit of a summary here. Uh, Rachel immediately turns into an elephant to stomp on some knights. <laughs> and And they mistake her for a dragon, which... I mean, they've probably never seen an elephant. I mean, it's I got mean, the I get tusks. that, yeah. but I feel like there are other things that would be more like of a mythical creature that they a might demon. be like. Yeah, They do something. call her a witch. Like, they called her a witch. They called her a sorcerer, yeah. But, like, the dragon thing, I'm like, no, like, you guys do have a pretty, like, solid idea of what a dragon yeah. would look like it's not particularly... they were con- considered more serpentine i'm pretty sure yeah like a lot more lizardy than elephant-y i feel like they could have just been like a camel a yeah. beaver <laughs> <laughs> like they they did the whole like cassie she's a werewolf because she turned into a wolf okay yeah that, that makes, sense. makes sense dragon for elephant though i was like hmm Mm. a hag <laughs> oh no <laughs> i think demon would have worked or just monster yeah <laughs> and rachel immediately does this makes jake mad he's like why are you injuring random people that don't understand anamorphs and our morphing ability god rachel we didn't even swear them into the club um <laughs> and then there's also like a lot of commentary about how ugly everyone is in the past like everyone had smallpox i guess so everyone is just their Dirty faces. and stinky and yeah. full of lice. Yes, yeah. And they're hunting for Visser 4. And they're able to find Visser 4 because he has the cleanest, least blemished face around. No lice on this good boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no acne scars, no missing teeth. He's just beautiful. It turns out Visser 4 is posing as an archer. And I think, like, on the English side. I don't know if it matters. And he's attempting to kill Henry V. The Bandalites stop him and then chase Visser IV through a nearby village until he's able to grab the Time Matrix. And then they're suddenly transported to the Revolutionary War. George Washington is attempting to cross the Delaware. And by the time all the Bandalites are able to regroup, they are basically forced into boats to go across the river like cassie turns into a dolphin so she can swim along and i think maybe like rachel and tobias are birds or something probably marco and jake are in a boat as boys and i don't know 
I really didn't understand the context of what was happening here. I don't know a ton about history. Mm. Um, so I guess the reason why George Washington crossing the Delaware is such a big deal is because he was able to ambush mm-hmm. the Hessian, 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 the Germans. <laughs> So the reason that it's a big deal is because George Washington was able to cross the Delaware and ambush the German mercenaries on the other side. And that's a big victory for us. Very heroic, cool thing. America is born shortly thereafter in the years to come. But this time, Visser 4 shows up and he goes and he tells those German mercenaries that, hey, bro, the Americans are coming. And so they're there waiting, and they open fire on George Washington and his men as they're crossing the river. And it's basically just a bloodbath. Like, everybody is dying. Uh, George Washington is shot, and he dies from his wounds three days later. America never gains its independence. And most importantly to the story, (laughs) Jake is shot straight in the head with a musket ball. Like, his whole head. He's just got a big old crater there. Yeah. And he dies yeah. in the most brutal way. <laughs> Very gnarly. <laughs> I was like, no. There's no way. This is legit dead. I guys. was not that surprised because I was like, time travel. They're obviously going to bring him back. Right. I guess I was just like, they actually wrote that he has a hole in his face and head. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It was graphic. Okay, was not holding back this time. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've had this sort of setup before of like time travel mm-hmm. shenanigans happening in the Andal or the Andalites, the Animorphs dying. But it's yeah. always like they die because they get destroyed by the, the time travel uh, uh paradox loophole stuff and so mm-hmm, they just disappear mm-hmm. you know it's not like yeah they get shot in the head with a musket and their brain gets blown out like and they're legit 100 percent dead and they're very dead their heart stops beating <laughs> oh my god does it just me or does it always seem like this shit happens to jake maybe i'm just thinking of this book and the next one i yeah between the two back to back it was a lot of jake stuff but i was thinking which was like i thought jake was her baby well i think maybe she here's my theory maybe she's getting flack for protecting jake because if you think back Mm. to the dinosaurs one i think jake was one of the last ones standing in that um the first time travel one which was in the animorphs continuity he was the last one standing in that the one where they are trying to set off that bomb with the lyrans he was one of the last ones in that the one where okay. they're doing the game with Cryak, where we first meet Cryak and the Drode, he's the last one in that so i feel like actually up to the these two books he usually makes it to the last couple animorphs okay. when they're getting picked off so maybe that's she was like oh shoot i'm coddling jake too much gotta blow him up with a musket like <laughs> but then bring him back in a really like obvious way mm. so it's like no harm done that's almost worse that's almost worse than always saving jake i feel like it's just like killing him only to be like yeah gotcha. but, but she's done that with all of them they've all died that and is been true i mean back. it's a middle grade series. exactly this like we're not, not gonna see a permadeath until if we see a permadeath it'll be at the end of the series mm. i think like within the last 10 books maybe there's not nah, I, th- I think i think last mm. two maybe hmm we shall see. But I also think it'll probably be like a permadeath, like a Lord of the Rings type permadeath, like the elves going to the Grey Haven sort of thing of like, it's death, but it's not really death. We're coding but it. But it's a nice death and you can visit them sometimes. Right. Something like that. Like someone's <laughs> going to be a ghost or something. I don't know. <laughs> I morphed into a ghost, but I stayed this way too long. Cassie 
who was a dolphin at the time. Rachel, for some reason, was like, Cassie, get your boyfriend's dead body out of the water. His face was just blown apart. Go find him. Yeah, I don't really know what the thought process was because Rachel's like, we have to get the body back. It's like, do you? Why, though? Why? (laughs) Just let it go. It's fine. Y'all know you're going to have to time travel again, and he's not coming with you this time. So it's like, you're not going to be able to... Take that, bring him back to life. I guess maybe just like a a sort of like we don't want to leave our friend's body in the river, Mm. maybe like or at least like to give to his parents to bury. Yeah, but they can't take it. Like they literally cannot. Like how could they explain? Like our friend got shot in the face with a musket. Right. Like this is just as bad as the David situation or the thing with the Mm. cousin. Like, oh, I forgot about the cousins. When is that gonna come back? Never. Apparently. (laughs) Anyway, Cassie. Is she's too overcome with grief and she just lets her dolphin mind take over and she just fucks off for a couple time skips, which honestly is fine. Um, but Rachel is absolutely furious and she just demands that Axe start killing. Just he's just like, just kill people. And when he hesitates, Rachel delivers what I think is one of the most badass mm. lines in the entire series. She says, They killed Jake and they're trying <laughs> sorry, it's badass, but it's also like really goofy in context. Rachel uh she says they killed Jake, and they're trying to get Washington. They could kill Marco. They die. Do you hear me, Andalite? They killed your prince. Do your duty. That was so tight. So fucking cool. I was like, yes. <laughs> this is the, the heat we needed from our leader. Oh, my God. I know. Honestly, like, Rachel for new Bandalite mm-hmm, leader. Mm-hmm. She's ruthless. She's I love it. ruthless. And beautiful. And so, so gorgeous and looks like Xena. Even her cousin has a crush on her. <laughs> um, and Axe, for some reason, he's like, Andalites don't want to kill humans. Or he's having a hard time grappling with this idea, even though he's killed hork and Taxons without really feeling a ton of guilt, even though, like, the hork and the Taxons themselves are not really guilty for what's going on. But he does feel super bad about killing humans that are attempting to kill the shit out of him Mm -hmm. so i don't know the source of the guilt was very weird for me but i understand why he feels i think it might also possibly have to do with the time stream thing of like Mm. him being the one who is kind of most like we have to preserve the time stream you know so maybe it was sort of that like he's like well i don't want to fuck it up anymore but also yeah i think there was something of like I mean, I guess if you're hanging out with humans all the time, you would have more of an attachment to them than, like, taxons. That's true. Taxons are icky. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Axe's guilt, I, I just don't think it's going to come back, ever. No, because it's a megamorph, so none of it matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything that happens here may be vaguely... Yeah, it'll be vaguely like, Easter egg mentioned yeah. later on, but... um, So they're fighting, people are dying, and then suddenly, time skip. This time, they're at the Battle of Trafalgar... I think you were close to the first one. Doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) It does matter. It's how you pronounce the location in another country. I shouldn't be flippant about it, but um, where basically Rachel, Marco, Tobias, and Axe chase Visser 4 around a ship that's being bombarded by cannons, and then it explodes. Um, Rachel's literally cut in half by a cannonball that hits her while she's in a chimpanzee morph. Like, Tobias sees Rachel's like chimpanzee head and arms just like flying off Nasty. the rest of her body's just gone this is such a gore fest <laughs> especially by animorph standards yeah it wasn't the usual like there's always some body horror in animorphs but it's usually with the morphing right like it's not yeah, so yeah, much yeah. 
the warfare stuff. As much as like we're being told, oh, we're in war, we're it's a war, like we're fighting this war. They haven't really done that many like battles. So we had a lot of battles in this book and a lot of very gruesome injuries to go with those battles. Extremely, yes. It's very unforgiving in that manner, I feel mm-hmm. like. Like Gay Applegate is really making a stance here that like, guys, wars Worst terrible. She also took a took a little bit of time off with this series. Like she's ghost having these ghostwriters. That's true. And she's like, I'm I'm back and I'm ready for blood. Like I'm ready to go hard. <laughs> ready to torture these four or six children, however many there are. So we've got Cassie mourning Jake. We've got Tobias mourning his beloved Rachel. We time jump. We're at Princeton in the nineteen thirties. Visser four has jumped here to try and kill Einstein at the Albert Einstein. Uh, but he has already changed history so much that Einstein is not where he's supposed to be or doing the research that he was meant to do. Tobias, like, he te- he quizzes this guy. He's like, what does E equal? Like, okay. <laughs> I get that, like, it's one of the most famous equations on the planet. But, like, if someone was like, E equals what? I'd be like, I don't, what? <laughs> also, one of the most famous equations on the planet now. <laughs> if it was yeah, oh, yeah. When Einstein was doing his research. He wouldn't have come up with that yet. Like, yeah, right? like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was we're going to kill Einstein before he figures this out. <laughs> yeah, they hadn't invented the posters yet where it's Einstein sticking mm-hmm. out his tongue that every guy has on their dorm room right? walls in college. <laughs> so how could they have known what E equals MC squared was? <laughs> and then, you know, they do another time jump and he's trying to kill Scarface. And it turns out he just really has a thing about dorm room posters. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then he goes he goes to get Kramer from Seinfeld and then he swoops back to ancient Japan to like get rid of the great wave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So Cassie shows up as a dolphin in the middle of this college campus and has to morph back to human. While she's doing so, Tobias shows up and he's already in his human morph and he tells tells her that Rachel is dead. So then Cassie's like, oh, well, I was too busy, like, hiding my grief for Jake. My best friend died. I'm a fucking loser. Like, yeah, a little bit, Cassie. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you would kick Cassie when she is about to be called... I'm pretty sure the N-word by some random. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Cassie, okay. So they're in the 1930s, uh, which is already not a great time. Um, and then also we find out that America is still a British colony and slavery is still legal. Which is interesting because, like, I'm pretty sure Britain was, like, no-no to the slavery before America. So it's weird that's how it worked out. I guess because we just were not intent on freedom. Yep, that's... <laughs> I don't know. Um, so Cassie's like busy morphing and she's half girl, half dolphin. And these white guys come up and they say some nasty things about Cassie, um, where she could have possibly come from. And they throw around some racial slurs and she's, and she just basically goes, Oh, don't worry. I can become white for you. And she turns into a polar bear and like scares the shit out of them and pretends like she's going to eat them and stuff. Which, which, this was interesting to me because this was the most, I feel like aside from kind of the the reflections people have had on Cassie and Jake being in an interracial relationship, which has come up a couple of times, like this is kind mm-hmm. of the most that we've really dealt with Cassie's race in these books, I feel like. Yes. And I yes. mean, I'm not sure if it was handled well. Obviously, like Applegate did not actually include the racial slurs because mm-hmm. that would be wild if she did. Yes, 
But I mean, that is pretty, it's pretty clear what word they are referencing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I don't know. I kind of feel like the fact that it hasn't come up at all in the present day, which is the 90s, is that very, like, 90s post-racism thing of, like, yeah, it was bad in the 30s, but it's fine now. Like, of course, Cassie yeah. wouldn't have to deal with racism in the 90s. Like one it's like, generation removed from Jim Crow. Right. Like, it's fine. like, I don't know. I, I don't know if we'll ever get, like, kind of more into what it means for Cassie and Marco. And even to lesser extent, we I think we find out in this book that Jake and Rachel are uh, Jewish through their father's their father her rachel's dad yeah i thought jake's dad was also jewish i don't know i don't i remember specifically rachel's dad yeah but i think in the beginning when let me look it up real quick when um they're in the alternate timeline jake says something about like how his dad do we know how they are like are their dads brothers that's what i'm thinking that their their dads are brothers maybe i misread this it's i had long suspected that cassie might have slightly radical tendencies a lot of blacks did gross blacks and a lot of jews although not in my family my dad was a certified poe patriot of empire still if you had any jewish blood in you at all you had to be extra careful so no one thought you were a radical so i thought that was saying that his dad was jewish but i could be wrong about that Mm, it could be him hinting at it like there are some or maybe that's him like hinting at rachel being jewish i don't know maybe because because rachel they they do make a comp that like rachel is jewish and outspoken and they sent her away yeah so well and a woman uh, and outspoken is also the thing because women are not allowed yeah. to be outspoken she had a lot of she had a lot of a lot of strikes against her. against her boy keep you know what rachel keep being keep being awesome you're the best <laughs> my favorite my favorite band like but the point i whether or not jake is jewish or not i don't think that um we've really addressed that to any extent in the main series and it's it's a little weird that it went so hard here yeah well I think part of it is that because Cassie and Jake it's been like the slowest most boring of slow burns Mm -hmm. I don't think they've even told their parents Mm -hmm. though their parents suspect like oh look they you know don't they look cute together blah 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 um there I mean if this were a story where they were adults or where the parents were more involved at all, I feel like it would come up. But because it's just kind of like very insular, like we get these six oh, sure. kids. Like I'm not talking specifically about them and their relationship. I'm talking about oh, okay. the fact that racial tensions and people like Cassie is black. Marco is Hispanic. Um, mm-hmm. Rachel is apparently half Jewish. And like none of this, none of this like they aren't dealing with racism in the 90s right yeah but it's very like they're dealing with it hardcore in the 30s and i kind of get how like applegate's maybe being like i'm gonna save some of these more serious topics for this megamorphs book that maybe not all the kids are gonna read as many people are gonna read. right but at the same time it's like okay but now it just kind of it kind of gives the vibe of like you being like oh racism is a thing of the past or alternate timelines and it's like no no (laughs) it's still very much present today i mean i guess no i don't have an i mean i guess (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess we this this book series is not about you know it's about hating the yerks and being racist towards the yerks i guess (laughs) but i i guess it's just it's again that middle of the lane thing where i'm like you either need to incorporate it better into Mm -hmm. the whole series so that it can be part of like 
Cassie and Marco's lived experience as, you know, people of color in a mainly mm-hmm. white group. Um, or you maybe shouldn't have brought it up and had someone call Cassie the N-word in the 1930s. Like, I don't know. Yikes. Um, all that <laughs> heavier stuff aside. <laughs> Marco, Axe, and Rachel. Rachel walk up and Tobias is so happy to see Rachel that he kisses her yes this is their first kiss guys and it's not even in the main series (laughs) the fuck is that I wonder if that'll be referenced if they ever do kiss in the main series yeah because we don't even get like a Rachel reaction Mm -hmm. it's just kind of just like they kissed like it was something they do all the time which I don't know maybe Maybe they they do and we just haven't told about it maybe we're not privy to that (laughs) yeah I don't know. I mean, we didn't find out about, like, Axe and Tobias's like, TV habits until after the fact, so. Yeah, that's true. It's going to be like, so, Rachel and I were just making out at the beach one day. <laughs> <laughs> and then we saw Visser 3. Um, so, they figure that because Cryak was able to take the life that they promised him, Jake's, the rest of them are unable to die at all because the Elemist is pulling some strings. Like, they, they basically go, come to the wild conclusion that, like, oh, well, the Elemist probably said only one of us can die. So that's why none of us can die since Jake did. So they go into the next few things just thinking they're invincible. Which they are. I mean, to be fair, yeah, they're correct. luckily. Like, this is what the situation was. <laughs> it was kind of a wild leap to make, though. Like, well, if you'd seen your, your girlfriend blown apart as a chimpanzee into two bits and then... Mm-hmm. she was fine later you might kind of be like mm, probably something's happening here well I, we've also had scenarios too that were like jake as a fly gets completely pulverized mm. and they're able to carry him to a bathroom so he can demorph yeah that's a good into point human. so like she could have just demorphed yeah 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 hmm interesting i don't know I don't know how long your body allows you to demorph if most of it is gone. Like, if your brain is still there. I feel like perhaps there might also be an argument to be made that perhaps these children who are fighting a bunch of aliens with technology that, like, allow... Or not even technology, biology that lets them take over other people's brains. If they've seen stuff that are, like, holograms and stuff like that, maybe, Mm -hmm. like take a beat and make sure it is actually Rachel first before. Oh my God. Yeah. Could be a hologram. Could be like a shapeshifter situation. What if, what if Eric just showed up and he's like, <laughs> Oh, Hey guys, long time. No see. The thing we were saying about Eric taking over as just one of the dead animorphs happens. Yes. Yeah. He, he's like, Oh, hold on. Let <laughs> Tobias kisses Rachel. And he goes, Oh, hold on. Let me take down my hologram. <laughs> and it's Eric. <laughs> Tobias is so sad. Oh, Eric. Oh, okay. They then proceed to time jump randomly and rapidly to several different places. The Visser is basically just trying to lose them in time. Um, it doesn't work. They finally end up at Normandy Beach on D-Day. Because of course they do. Of course. It's all the biggest, bloodiest wars of history. Um, Visser 4 is hoping to tell the Nazis about the ambush at Normandy Beach so that Again, kind of like the George Washington thing. They can be prepared and they'll win. Um, But it turns out he's fucked with history so much that Germany and France are allies. And it's not really clear who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. What the fight is about. (laughs) What? Yeah. What are they even fighting about? And also Hitler is just like a 
a dude. Jeep driver. He's just a he's dude. not even the leader of Germany, but he still's got that mustache. So that's how that's how Tobias recognized him. Like, I'm sorry, this is like a popular mustache before Adolf Hitler like ruined <laughs> it for everybody, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know actually. I mean, like. Charlie Chaplin had it. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe that wasn't Hitler. Maybe that was just some dude. Yeah. But also maybe it was Hitler because... It, also, also it could have just been Hitler's. <laughs> um, so a lot of shit happens here. It's like, you know, you all have seen World War II movies. Um, that happens. And Except with children. Essentially, so, yeah, you know. but to children, which is super, and an alien <laughs> who has no understanding of why even people are fighting here. And it's told about the Holocaust and is horrified. And Rachel, who is half Jewish, is just like, I'm completely like, she's just like numb to the yeah. emotions. It's very, it's just distressing. Everything is. Uh, <laughs> In this book this for middle four. schoolers. I know, right? <laughs> she really, like, this one almost needs a content one. It it's went pretty hard. Like, yes. Visser 4 is arrested by the Germans because he just he comes out of nowhere. He doesn't belong there. They don't, and he, I guess, assumably doesn't speak German or French. Um, Cassie as a wolf and Tobias as a hork because thank you, they finally fucking used this morph in battle, um, have caught up to Visser 4 so they can kill him and steal the time matrix. But then Tobias sees Hitler and he's like, I got to stop the Holocaust. And Cassie's like, dude, no, it's not the Holocaust as we know it. Also, we're going to have to reverse all of this stuff anyway. Also, this is after the Holocaust anyway, because it's D-Day. So, like, the Holocaust is, like... It happened years ago. I mean, like, yeah. it's mid-Holocaust. It's been happening. It's, it's, you know, you haven't stopped anything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, But Tobias grabs Hitler, or assumably Hitler, or maybe just some dude, um, and is holding him, like, one of his hork one of his hork blades. No, no, that's right. Their hork is the, the technical term. The hork is the technical term for their little knives. <laughs> He's holding one of those up to Hitler's neck because he wants to kill him. But before he can do any slicing, he gets shot by German officers, which then causes him to flinch and kill Hitler. LOL, I guess. <laughs> So, okay. So we have to talk about this. Because this, <laughs> this is absolutely wild. One of the two big, biggest moral quandaries in this book, I think, is mm-hmm. the one we'll get to, which is, do you change everything? And this one, which is, do you kill Hitler? Right? Because, like, Cassie's argument is, we can't kill him. He uh-huh. didn't do anything that we know of in this timeline. You can't kill somebody for what they might do. Yeah. Um, That's fair. And Tobias's argument is it's still Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Also, like, how can you, knowing what this person is capable Mm -hmm. of doing, that there is that inside of them? I I can see both sides of this argument. Thankfully, I will never be in a situation where I time travel back in time to relive this. That I know of. I don't know. Future Anna might have something to say. Hey, if I time travel... I promise I will come back into time right now at this point in time and talk on the podcast. Hold on. I never time travel. <laughs> Conclusive evidence. <laughs> Conclusive. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I could be as rational as Cassie, but I also don't think I could be as cold-blooded as Tobias. <laughs> I'd probably be just like, I'm just let things fall as they fall. <laughs> Assuming that this is still... Like, 
that this is an anamorph situation where I have been battle hardened at this point. Because yes. like me as I am now probably wouldn't be able to kill anyone because I'd be like, true, ooh, blood. Um, but <laughs> if I was a battle hardened animal, not like, oh no, the loss of human life, just ew, blood. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> wild. <laughs> if I was battle hardened, I think I'd probably go with Tobias. I think I'd try to kill Hitler because that mm. dude's just one failed art project from genocide. That is true. Like, come on. Maybe this Hitler got into art school because... Because he did a painting of the defeat of Washington at Delaware. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the German art schools really liked it. Oh, man. I, yeah, I think, I don't think I would kill him, but I would be like really passive aggressive towards him. <laughs> I think maybe I wouldn't kill him myself, but I certainly wouldn't take Cassie's point of trying to stop someone else from killing him. I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, no, I would let that happen. Yeah. I'm not saying I would push him in front of an explosion into an explosion, but I certainly wouldn't pull him away from it. Yeah, I might push him. (laughs) I mean, it's Hitler. It's Hitler. I might trip him. I don't think I'd push him. Push him seems too active, but tripping him. What if you like tripped yourself and did like one of those? Oh, I'm trying to catch myself. Oops, Oops, I pushed you into the explosion. (laughs) Because then he would probably just like turn around and catch you, and it would be like that anime moment where the girl trips into the guy's chest, and then her face just like lays on his chest for a whole thirty seconds. <laughs> Suddenly, we're in a totally Flowers different going everywhere. Incredibly, Hitler becomes very moe. It's weird. No, I'm no, we're not. We're not romanticizing Hitler on this podcast, even. Even as, <laughs> but a this joke. Hitler didn't do anything. Em, this Hitler didn't do anything. He was just driving a jeep. It's still Hitler. It's still still Hitler, Hitler. though. It's still (laughs) Hitler. I I really think I side with Tobias. It's still Hitler. Like it is still Hitler. Yeah. Well, you just there's that potential. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess everybody. No, that's not true. I don't think everybody has the. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah, The potential to be Hitler. Hitler had the potential to be Hitler. Because he's Hitler. He did it. (laughs) He did it. Like there's a reason his name's a synonym for like terrible person. The German officers shoot Tobias and Cassie a bunch, but the holes just heal right up. So I guess that proves their point that they can't be killed. And then they just start going to town, killing people. Rachel Rachel and Marco and Axe, I think, like have to, the three of them come up with a way for a bird to uh, release the pin on a grenade and drop it into a tank. So how the fuck was Tobias mm-hmm. able to shoot guns mm-hmm. twice? This is a very good <laughs> it question. It took three birds to pull a pin out of a grenade. We, you thought we wouldn't remember, Afflegate, that <laughs> Tobias canonically has shot a gun twice? Tobias shooting a gun is absolutely absurd. <laughs> One of the things we immediately noticed was wrong with your series. <laughs> or, I mean, possibly on the flip side, if we are to accept that Tobias can shoot a gun, then Tobias not being able to pull a pin is absurd. Yeah, Rachel should have had the talent dexterity to pull a pin and drop a grenade precisely into a tank so that it would go inside and kill everybody yeah. inside, including crippling Visor The Yerk tries to escape the human controller body, but the Bandalites see it and Marco just grabs it. And after offering anyone else if they want to kill it whereas everyone's like oh no marco i'm too full for dessert <laughs> he just like throws it into the burning wreckage of whatever rachel blew up like they literally are all like mm, no, no no not me not today to. mm, too much death no 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I couldn't possibly. I couldn't. Po- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you, I mean, I guess if you're gonna get, do one, you want to split, split the murder? Do you want to yeah. split the murder? With <laughs> do you want to split? We can, we can both throw him into the burning <laughs> wreckage. Uh, so, assumably, Visser Four is dead, which is good because he saw them all as humans, and he's like, "Oh, you're humans," and they're like, "Yeah, fuck off, you're dead." Um, Cassie questions the human controller to find out when and where his parents meet. And he Wild. realizing what that means. Wild tells that them, this is the path they took. Honestly, they could have. Done... I mean, it's the only way. No, it's, it's, it's not. Like... They could have asked him when he got infected with a yerk and gone and stopped that. Like, That's true. Instead of stopping a human person from being born. That's true. But I guess they figured like, well, if we stop him from being born then the Yerks won't find out we're humans. I don't know. But if they stopped him from being infected, the Yerks would also not find out they were humans. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I assumed that that's what they were going to do. And then they're like, no, we got to stop his parents from fucking. We got to do the old reverse Marty no, they McFly. They had to stop them from even meeting. His parents never even meet. Oh, my God. It was wild, truly. <laughs> this was yeah. the solution. <laughs> it's he was a failed actor M, and he lived to the ripe old age of 25 so it's fine, it's fine. and so he was ancient oh um the vandalites used the time matrix to travel to san francisco weird that they named san francisco as the place where they time traveled to considering they live there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> they time tra- maybe they're trying to throw us off the trail like, i oh, think it was had- a cheeky wink from applegate yeah <laughs> They had to travel to San Francisco in the 1960s where they distract that guy's parents so they never meet. And they re- know it works because Jake just shows back up with them. Yeah, and they're right back there. in like the the modern time. In Cassie's barn. None of it happened. But none of it happened. I do want to, because you said, oh, they distract him so they never meet. But they don't actually do that intentionally because this was the other yeah, the time matrix moral yeah. argument of the book of they get there and they're like, do we do this? Do we still, we... Things have changed, and we are assuming they've changed for the worse. But they Can changed. We kill his parents? So there's basically there's three different timelines we're working with here, right? Mm-hmm. There's the what for all intents and purposes are the real timeline, the one that we know of from the Animorphs book series, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's the timeline that Visser Four created without Animorph interference, which ended with the whole slavery and war with Brazil thing, and Rachel being sent to a camp because she's a Jewish woman who's outspoken, which Mm -hmm. yikes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there is potentially this third timeline that is Visser 4's interference and the Animorphs interference where they changed some stuff that Visser 4 was going to change and they prevented some stuff from happening and changed things in different ways, whatever. So they do not know what the outcome of that is. And it could theoretically be better than their original timeline. Yes. And surprisingly, it's Tobias that's like, let's just see, let's just see what it's like. Yeah. And we're like, you fucking killed Hitler for no reason, man. <laughs> well, but they know for, but I mean, this tracks with, to, if Tobias is so like angry at Hitler, it just tracks because. He's like, the Holocaust never The Holocaust didn't now. happen in this timeline. They know that. So like. Mm-hmm. They're dooming six million uh-huh. Jews to. Uh-huh. But in the end, they do not make the choice to make the Holocaust happen. They just accidentally distracted this woman and this man from meeting, and so time reverts mm-hmm. to normal because none of the stuff with Visser Ford ever happened. But that is the question, right? Of like, what, what would you stop the Holocaust if, if you could? If you could, 
yeah. when you know that a potential outcome of that is the future that they lived in. Because the end of this book is like, oh, so everything's back back to how it's supposed to be. And they're like, no, but it's back to how it was before, which I liked because it was like there isn't a yeah. supposed to be, right? And it's not like a good world that we live in. Right. Really. Like terrible things have happened in the past. Because I think that's kind of one of the things with like historical study, it, like in the past, a lot of like how history is taught mm-hmm. this uh, illusion of progression, right? Where it's like, oh, things get better. And that's not necessarily true. Things just happen. Like we're not necessarily moving towards some great thing. We're not Mm -hmm. always getting better, always moving forward. Because, I mean, also, like, what does that even mean? And I think I was kind of worried in this book, like, especially when we got to the George Washington stuff. I was like, oh, really? This is what we're doing? We're doing, like, great men make history sort of thing? And I like that Mm -hmm. this book kind of stood away and was like, no, like, I'm not saying that this is the right path or this is the best path. It's just the path that you're now on. the one that we know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you even, it's like that butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. But none of it matters because it's a Megamorphs book. (laughs) Yeah, really, honestly, the very next book, they're like, anyway, Marco skipped school. (laughs) (laughs) I guess maybe this is why. He had to, like, really think about everything that happened. He had to to think about how his friend's brains got blown out onto him. Oh, my God. There are so many things that they need to grapple with. They are, like, 13 years old. They need therapy. Yes. I think, is it in this book where the drode is, like, or someone says, like, the, the months that you have been? that the months that you have had the morphing ability yeah i think yeah i mean that could be as little as three right (laughs) (laughs) how long it's passed for these children it could be as many as 11 but once you get to 12 it's like the year right yeah i feel like even 11 i feel like even 11 he probably would have been like the almost the full year you know something like that yeah so it's like maybe five I'm starting to get to the point where, like, I don't think they're going to age up by the end of the no, series. No, I thought they were. Maybe there's going to be did a too. time skip. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. Anyway. Well, morbid moment, this whole book. Well, oh, the whole book. But specifically, I already kind of mentioned it, but Jake's brain's getting blown out. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, that was, a, I, I mean, the ca- the other, like, really gruesome deaths and injuries were bad, but that was the first mm-hmm. one, and it was very shocking. Agreed. Yes. Because it was so like we as the readers knew like, yes, that is a real death because Craig demands it. I mean, we also knew he wasn't really going to die, but like, you know, it, it felt like it meant more mm-hmm. than I died. And that just meant that I went back to my present time. And it was also just very gross. <laughs> yes. Extremely, extremely graphic. A lot of these things were just the whole scene on like the whole D-Day scene. It's just like the beginning of Saving Private mm-hmm. Ryan is just... Mm. Mm. anyway mm. uh most valuable morph who was yours this week this one was hard i think for me um it was either tobias or rachel mm. you know my, i love my girl rachel yeah she did have that really badass line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but tobias killed hitler this is my exact thought process <laughs> I was like, if she goes with Tobias, I'm going to go with Rachel because of the badass line. If she goes with Rachel, I'm going to go with Tobias because he killed Hitler. (laughs) I think they all had good moments, Mm -hmm. but then, like, I don't know. Marco was just kind of, like, there. Yeah, I think Marco was probably the weakest this week. I think Axe, I'd give a little bit of a shout-out to Axe just because I felt like Mm -hmm. he's grappling with some stuff. But it wasn't like he was the best. Like, he didn't do the most. for. He didn't shine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
Yeah. Rachel really took lead. And I think we were supposed to interpret it as a bad, unhealthy way. But I was like, yeah, go for it, I Rachel. was here for it. And That's what we need. Tobias killed Hitler. <laughs> and I think he should be given props for that. Yes, agreed. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I don't know. Do Megamorphs books provide you with many series theories? No, never. I no. think I've had series yeah. theories before in the past. But usually they've been like probably none of this is going to matter because it's a megamorphs and i think i'm i mean we got i I feel like if anything the one theory i might have from this is that this is going to intensify cryak's hatred of jake because he escaped his clutches right Mm -hmm. so well and now we have a time matrix that's just just there in play again yeah i don't know where it is because they don't mention it being in cassie's barn i mean it would be where oh it's it's in the dirt yeah it would be where where uh but they Elfinger know it's there. left it yeah so don't they or is that detail never revealed to them uh um, like do we as readers know it and they don't i think they oh let me see it would have been in the first when the droids talking to them i feel like if he said like oh Elfangor left it here we found this in the construction site yeah oh, well. well it would either be where uh, were the droids talking to him or where they're talking to the actor at the end mm. i can't remember if either of those cases it comes up let me see because it could be that just nobody but yeah, the, the prologue and the Elemis yeah. know it. So. I think they do know, though, because I think um, – I thought that Axe commented on the fact that Elfangor – maybe not. Maybe they don't know where the Time Matrix is. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that makes sense for this to be in a Megamorphs book to introduce something like – Yeah. So maybe the actually the, the title isn't that bad then because it does remain yeah, a secret. it is still a secret. Mm. Yeah. It is secret once more. Yeah. All right. Well, then, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that pretty much wraps us up for this one, right? Yeah, I think so. So next week we are doing the second part of our multi-year series. Uh, (laughs) Kill me now. (laughs) uh, The Christmas Blessing, I believe is the title, by Donna Van Leer. It will truly be a blessing. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. And then the week after that, we'll be back with another Morphs Monday with Animorphs number 30, The Reunion, mm-hmm. which is a Marco POV. Mm-hmm. You know we love our Marco POVs. Yes, tasty, tasty. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, if you have any of your own Animorph series theories or opinions, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. We're also on all your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely will because I'm going to go back in time and make it so that you subscribed. (laughs) (laughs) If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you do not, that's all right because you're allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you would like. In the words of K.A. Applegate, be nice to your mom, Tobias said. She'll probably end up being your prom date someday. <laughs> <laughs> Savage. <laughs>